Hey, everybody, this is Jim O'Hare. Yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. Listen, we have got a jam-packed episode of Parks and Recollection this week. So come by, listen to my friend and co-host Greg Levine and I discuss season four, episode three, Born and Raised. And you are going to want to stick around until the very end of this episode, I promise you, because you do not want to miss our conversation with my friend, my pal, my occasional drinking buddy, the hilarious, the super talented Mo Collins, who Parks fans know as Joan Calamezzo. And she may or may not step off to go powder something. If you know, you know. We're getting together to talk about all the things we used to do. The laughs, the passions, the little Sebastians, the pits with belly too. And we're putting it all in a podcast. Then we'll send it up into the sky. We're calling it Parks and Recollection. Come on, little podcast, spread your wings and fly. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Parks and Recollection. I am Jim O'Hare, one of your hosts. Again, Gary Larry, Jerry Terry, Barry uh, from Parks and Recreation. Because, you know, my, my favorite thing when people are trying to on the streets that recognize me, they try to look up my name first because mm. no one knows Jim. It's Jerry Gary, Larry, Jerry Barry. But I am not here alone. I'm just Greg. I couldn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Again, what is it? I'm Greg. So nice to meet Greg, you. I, you know, you look so familiar. Uh, Greg Levine, people. I'm just teasing him. We couldn't do this without him. I mean, truly, because I've been drinking a lot and, and God knows how I'll even get through this. Uh, anyway, my co-host Greg <laughs> Levine. Hello, hey, Greg. Jim, it is so great to be sitting here again with you to talk about another episode of our favorite show together. That's the only show we've done together. It but. is the only show we've done together, and it is my favorite show, whether you were involved or not. Oh, good. I have to Thank tell you. you. And this episode is uh, here. Here's the problem that people are going to be hating me for. I'm going to begin every episode like this is my this is one of my very favorite episodes because as I have always said, I, and there will be super diehard fans who will agree or disagree. To me, they got better and better and better and better. And I would leave a table read. 90% of the times, I would say to Retta, how the hell did they do that again? How the hell did they do that again? Every once in a while, you'd be like, I will bet the script will change. Mm. And it would change because if it wasn't what I didn't know how to describe it, that feeling of just... Written by Greg Levine, is that what you're saying? Well, those were the ones that we had some trouble with, but yeah. that's okay. okay. You're learning. You're learning. <laughs> okay, yes, thanks. and it's all good. Oh, God. You're, you're very <clears throat> talented. Um, anyway, <laughs> well, I could barely get that out. Um, no, but this is um, this is another example. Uh, this episode called Born and Raised. And- well, here's why it's been so fun to do this uh, podcast, um, and now you and I doing it together yes. is that I, you know, I haven't watched all of these in a long time. Me I'll either. catch them on TV when they're on, or I, you know, want to watch one to remind how we did a joke of something I'm writing or whatever. But we keep watching these episodes. I keep watching these episodes I haven't seen in forever. And I forgot about storylines. I forgot about jokes. Um, this episode happens to have one of my favorite bloopers that we're going to get to. So I'm so excited we're talking about it today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a joy to watch these episodes and it's a joy to talk about if them. If it's the same you. moment I'm thinking of, it's the kind of blooper that part of me wants to say, stop this podcast listening right now and go to YouTube. But I won't. Uh, well, we have a lot to get, a to. Lot to, get to. We're going to get to it. Let's tell people what the heck we're talking tell about today. Tell what's going on, Greg. 
So today we're talking about season four, episode three. It's called Born and Raised. It was written by the great Aisha Muhar and directed by the not so no the equally great <laughs> the equally great Dean Holland, Dean Holland. who uh, is a. Uh, uh, and fantastic editor, director, um, the number one director of Parks and Rec episodes. He's directed the most episodes of Parks and Rec. This originally aired, aired on October 6, 2011. Um, and here's what it's about. When Leslie promotes her new book about Pawnee as part of her campaign for city council, she is accused by Joan Calamezzo, the great Mo Collins, of not being born in Pawnee. Trying to save the day, Tom woos Joan, but his flirting gets him in over his head. Also, you know, also back in the parks department and tries in vain to bond with Ron and April. <laughs> that is until she cracks the code. We got an A story. We got a B story. And that's, let's now see. Wow. Go ahead. Should I? There's a guy coming in right now <laughs> yes, with one of those canes, the you know, hook. The, the yes, hook, I do know taking me <laughs> off. Um, it's one of those butterfly nets I'm being taken. Wow. Anyway, Nope's Notes. Let's see the Nope's Notes. Um, some fun call-outs of our episode. You know, the book that's referred to and uh, talked about so much in this episode, uh, Pawnee, The Greatest Town in America, written by Leslie Nope, was made into a real paperback book available for purchase from your local bookstore. Um it highlights some of the town's more ridiculous historical moments. Um, one of the pages includes the headline, The Triumphant Return of the Harvest Festival, as engineered by Leslie Nope with the assistance of individuals <laughs> too numerous to name in the title of the sidebar. Um, and it was written by Mike Shore along with the rest of the writing staff as a fun project that now um, sits on bookshelves um, and ready and waiting to be ordered by you at home. I sign that book all the time. When people come to signings or whenever, whatever, people want that signed. That's one of the top things I sign. Ron's mustache. Oh, that's right. The Ron's mustache. We should talk about it because Ron's mustache isn't as bushy as usual. That's because it's growing back after he shaved it off at Tammy One's instruction in our previous episode, Ron and Tammy's. So continuity is king. We're paying attention to that. Yeah. And, And of course, Ron, as in Nick Offerman, can regrow that mustache in four days. I've never seen a human be able to produce hair like that. Yeah. I mean, truly. Yeah. It's and incredible. I am a hairy MFer. Okay. Like, dude, I could take this shirt off and you're like, oh, that's a nice sweater. Top, front and back. But Nick, that facial stuff, damn. Yeah, yeah there, there, was a, there was a pitch in the room at some point that I think that he didn't have his mustache and then he would just have it back after between scenes like he's so good at it he can just like <laughs> he can just, he can just like will like several <laughs> inches of hair to I love that this reminds me I remember as a kid I was on the bus to elementary school and our our bus driver had a thick mustache and one day he didn't have it anymore he came in and he, he was shaven um and we're all just blown away because this was like his defining feature and um, we said what happened and he said something to me that I believed way too long which was I shaved it off to make sure I still had an upper lip. Wow. And for way longer than I want to admit to anybody, I guess now to many people, I truly believed that if you let your hair grow long, like long enough, like in time, it eventually would grow through your lip and oh. you no longer <laughs> oh boy. This is have a, sh- a lip. This is a shame. <laughs> um, well, at what age would you say you realized that wasn't true? 
Well, we're recording this. Since yeah, so you're, you're okay. yeah, it was recently. Oh, um, ain't you something? Let's stop talking wow. about my embarrassing facts and yeah. talk about our <laughs> our show, our synopsis. Um, is that okay with you? It is okay. Two things, Aisha. Oh yeah, love, 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 Aisha. She is just the sweetest. I mean, truly, such a sweet, sweet human being. And Dean Howland directed. Uh, I love, love, love when Dean directed because. I love when an editor directs. And Dean began as an editor. He was on The Office. Right. And an editor knows what they need and they know what they want. Not everybody, but a lot of them, I think. And Dean, it was very comforting when I saw on the, on the script that Dean was going to be mm-hmm. our director. I just, um, I don't know. I felt very comfortable with him. Uh, you and I have talked earlier about, I think he he helped veer the Jerry character a little bit um, into... You know, at the beginning of the show, and Rob had mentioned this in a previous episode, but Jerry, you know, he was still affable and nice and everything, but he, sometimes he'd get a little pissy. Sure. Whereas time went on, and it was through Dean's direction and guiding me, and maybe it was something in the writer's room that you guys all decided this is more where we want Jerry to go. But he gave me options uh, how to play things, and um, I think it turned Jerry into who Jerry is. So I, I, I love Dean and I've worked with Dean many times since Parks and Rec because he is now a director out in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, I recurred on um, Bless This Mess mm-hmm. with uh, Dak Shepard and Lake Bell. And when I'd see him there, it just brought me, it brought me the happy feels. Yeah, yeah. The feels, yeah. I uh, love me some Dean. Well, he directed, I think, and Aisha wrote uh, one Helen episode. Um, so let's talk about it in our synopsis. Yes. Uh, Leslie wrote a book called Pawnee, the Greatest Town in America, and wants to promote it on local talk show Pawnee Today, hosted by Joan Calamezzo. <laughs> Leslie is hoping Joan will select it for her book club, which would help her campaign and book sales. But Joan claims there's an inaccuracy in the book and won't reveal what it is until Leslie comes on the show, one of her famous gotcha moments. Gotcha. Leslie worries about what will happen if they don't find the inaccurate Fact ASAP. So Anne teams up with Ron in April to help fact check the book. Um, she sends Jerry off to <laughs> track down all the people mentioned in the state to track them down and see if what they were saying was right or wrong. And Anne is now trying to connect with Ron in April. It becomes clear they want nothing to do with her. <laughs> um we start the episode, though, in our cold open in the Pawnee Public Radio, hosted by Derry Murbles, the, uh, uh, the brilliant, the brilliant Dan, Dan Castellaneta. Oh. Uh, for those who don't know, which is maybe two people on Earth. Maybe two. The voice of Homer Simpson, among many other characters on The Simpsons. Jim, why do you think Derry Murbles fits in so well in the show? Oh, he's perfect for the show. Dan is perfect for the show. And Dan is an actor. I, what I love about, and this is, isn't even show related, but I just have to say he's a fellow actor. You know, Dan has been um, Homer and many other characters for many, many years. Uh, I guarantee he never needs to work another moment in his life. Mm. But he's an actor, and he loves it, and he loves doing characters. And so to watch him there, I was so excited when I heard he was going to, you know, play that role. And he just comes up with these voices, and that's not doing. I mean, I can't do it. I can't even pretend to do it. But he's so perfect for Pawnee. It's just, it's yeah. nerdy and awful. And he has people replace him who were replacing that person. Like he was a perfect fit. 
You know, and that's a great point. I think the character also is so fun on a writing side. You know, you you write these big storylines, you have a lot to get through. But what's also so fun in the writer's room uh, is sometimes pitching on a very hyper-specific joke. So this is a fun commentary on public radio and some of the types of uh, musical guests or or bands they throw to, the, um, you know, the foundations that support the charitable whatever. And um, I think that one, I I remember being in the room and talking about, you know, what should the name of the band be (laughs) that uh, they throw to at the end? Um, Let me quickly, before you say it. yeah. Are you guys all in a? Are you guys all together when you're pitching that kind of thing? It varies, but I mean, you know, um, and you know, we've discussed it. I think in in little bits here and there in the series so far on the podcast. But the the way the Parks and Rec writers room worked was there were two main rooms. There was the a room of a few couches made into yeah. kind of a circle together, which was kind of the story generation room. It was more the blue sky broad topic stuff, or we're pitching on individual beats of an episode. But it's kind of the you know let your brain kind of take off and the collective imagination between everybody. There's another room, which was a big conference table uh, with a bunch of monitors connected to one computer, which is where we worked on the scripts, where we did rewrites before table reads, after table reads going into production. A lot of time spent in both rooms. Um, Something like this was probably pitched in the ladder in the in the rewrite room in the in the computer room because you're in the script you are now paying attention to truly to hyper specific jokes to little moments what is a funnier word what yes. is a funnier beat and so in this case what is the best name and what is the type of music? The Afro-Norwegian <laughs> funk, funk duo, duo. Nefertiti's Fjord. And in doing some prep for our conversation today, because yes, I do that, Jim. You do. I think about what I want to say and talk but to you here's about. Here's what I appreciate about you. You do all this prep, and yet, I don't know if it's on purpose, but you come across like you have never even seen the episode. Hmm. So I think that's really something. That's, that's like, a gift. It's that's like a person a before a colonoscopy. It's a lot of prep. It's a lot of prep. But then, then you're kind eh. of asleep at the wheel once it yeah, starts, right? it's a lot of prep. Shove something up your butt and move on. Yeah. Um, well, uh, shove this uh, up your brain, into your brain. <laughs> shove this up into your brain. Yes. Um, that the lyrics sung by Afro-Norwegian funk duo Nefertiti's Fjord are actually the first two lines from the national anthem of Norway. I, I didn't know that. I, I don't know how I would that. know that. But now we all know it. You know, this storyline in crafting the season and doing episodes about running for office, um, it was important to do stories that weren't just ones we'd see on political shows like The West Wing. We, we wanted to be um, continuing to do episodes that mirrored the world in which we live, um, which is kind of the ethos of the series. So it was about finding Pawnee-specific types of scandals uh, that made good for season, for good for Leslie stories mm-hmm. at the same time. So in uh, the season premiere... Do you remember the staff was dealing with the Anthony Weiner-like dick pic storyline? Yes, yes, yes. Um, In this case, the hostility about Leslie's birth certificate is mimicking that baseless, hate-filled conspiracy theory uh, over Barack Obama's birth certificate. Um, And plus, it was fun to put Leslie, you know, in a self-identity crisis with the storyline that she's not from Pawnee. Her her worst. Her worst nightmare. Her worst nightmare. Yeah, yeah. And then to learn it's not just Pawnee, but 
perhaps the worst place in the world, um, Eagleton. <laughs> Literally. Um, you know, the only thing worse had her mother given her birth in a library in Eagleton. That would have her would've head would have yeah. exploded. Yeah, yeah, that that's would a have great been, point. Couldn't have handled it. Yeah, they don't yeah. give you a name; they give you like a Dewey Decimal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that was funny. Let's write this down, Greg. At had, what time are we Greg, at here? Yeah, had a good moment. In the first time okay. in human history, Greg had a joke. Jim O'Hare liked. Liked. You know, at at four minutes five seconds, if you're watching at Peacock. Which is the you know how I stream this the series now? Of course, um, it cracked us up how Leslie tasks Jerry oh. with going out of town and tracking people down, and how proud and determined he is to do it. And then we don't see him again at all in this episode <laughs> until well the very we'll get we'll get to it. How did you feel, Jim? Here you are. You're on the show. You yeah. want to be part of the team. You're sent off. It actually, was that did that make you feel like you were part of the team? No, that okay. meant get rid of him for the week. Mm. Um, uh, here, here's the thing, and th- this is a true thing. Uh, before you, uh, before we shoot, you know, you, you get your production and all this. What's you get your scripts, you do table read, you do all this. Then you get your day of days. That shows the days you're going to be working and what days you're off. I used to hate when I would see I had a day off, mm. and I know that sounds nuts because people are like, who the hell doesn't want a day off? I just love being there, and, and you know, we did like the office. Um, Characters had to be there a lot more than normal because we're shooting mockumentary, so the camera's flicking around and you could be seen. So there were episodes I might not have had a lot of talking to do, but I would be in them a lot, so I'd be there almost every right, day. There are a lot of windows purposely so you can see the cast behind you. A lot you. of glass. Yeah, yeah. A lot of glass right. on that set. Right. And I love that. And because I became, you know, so tight with not just the cast, but the crew. So like to me, Going to work, you know, other than getting up early, I'm never a fan of that. But once I was up and running, uh, I loved being there. So, yeah, that would have been a week where I would have been, oh, because I probably, at the most, I worked two days, I would imagine. Maybe. Yeah. But I love your stuff in this. It's great. And it's, again, we see who who this wonderful guy is. He wants... uh, he wants Leslie to prove, you know, he, he wants to help her out. She has tasked him to do it, and he heads out that door like, yes. Yes. We're going to do it. Yeah. He's going to find, he's going to get all the info she needs. That's our Jerry. Joan reveals on on Pawnee today uh, that Leslie was not born in Pawnee, as she states in her book, um, gleefully mm. stamping gotcha, that big gotcha sticker, which is something we talked about in the room. Like, how do you make this thing? You pretty much are putting Joan's face on people's books. Um, but now it's the gotcha sticker, the gotcha stamp over Leslie's face on air and refusing to back the book. So the damage is done. As Leslie promotes the book, she's being heckled now by citizens of Pawnee who demand to see her birth certificate. <laughs> Tom goes out to lunch with Joan and, and, and oh. with Ben too to try to win over Joan and, and to get her to endorse uh, Leslie's book. But then Tom quickly tries to backtrack his heavy flirting when he finds out Joan is now divorced, extremely eager. As, as he points out, it was always fun when she had her, 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 her marriage to go yeah. home to. But now that she's free out in the world, this is like he, must have, he might have to follow through <laughs> on this. Um, let's first, I I have to, I love him every time he's on the show at 10 minutes on the time code, we get to see Mel Cowan return So funny as the man who shouts at Leslie in town hall meetings. You know, 
I believe his character eventually became named was named Mel, but on uh, a show we've talked about, famous for very unique character names, Joan Calamezzo being one. Yeah. I think named by uh, writer and uh, amazing writer Rachel Axler. Rachel. Um, he was for a long time in scripts purely red faced man. Because we wanted to have someone whose face got so red from screaming and he's right. so funny at it. Uh, this was so fun. It was a town hall, not in a town hall. It was just in like a in a bookstore, but it was just like all of our town halls. Every town hall is perfect. Every episode, every town hall is perfect is what people bring up to me all the time. Mm-mm. Because there's nothing crazier than a town hall meeting. And when you talk to people who works in different, you know, in the city kind of world, that kind of world. They're like, oh no, you're on point here. Yeah. This is these are nuts. These are nutty people that come out here. Because a lot of people just sit home like me. I don't go out and scream and yell at stuff. Right. But those people that do, they go to these kind of things. Right. And he was so perfect dad. But I did not know he had a name. Yeah, he became Mel, I think, just because it like was even in the credits. It in says, the credits, eventually Mel, but he was Is he a Lurpus? Great question, Rob Schulte. I don't think he became a Lurpus, one of the members of the great sprawling Lurpus family of Pawnee. That oh. Lurpus, L-E-R-P-I-S-S, became one of our favorite surnames. Mike Shore attached <laughs> it to a lot of characters. I actually think I once caught Mike in the Edit Bay editing um, Lurpus bios online about the characters. Oh I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. Um He's not a Lurpus, if my memory serves me right. So maybe he married into the family, but kept just Mel. We should also talk about the fact that this is Tom and his Entertainment 720 storyline, right? Yeah, he's, starting, he's starting E720 with Ben Schwartz, John Ralphio. Um, and so he's got this additional swagger, right, when he's with Joan. Oh, um, so good. What is it about this flirtatious Relationship. I've known a that- million Tom Haverfords when it comes to this. They're all boom, 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 all talk, talk, talk until it's time to, you know, yep. pay up. And when he realizes Joan can no, is no longer married, he doesn't know what the hell to do. And that is so, there are so many dudes out there like that. They're all game. Well, they think it's, yeah. they, they think they got game until the time comes. And because let's face it, Joan is basically saying, we're doing this. Yes, yes, yes. We are doing this. And not just with Tom. <laughs> she wants Ben involved too, which yeah. is ridiculous yeah, and yeah. brilliant. And Mo Collins playing Joan Calamezzo. Mo is so good. Mo is so good. I can tell you, Mo tells people when she refers to me, and I should repeat it because it's not flattering, but it is. She says, I'm the nicest asshole she's ever known. <laughs> and I kind of love that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll be chatting with Mo. She'll, she'll give us the scoop on that. <laughs> I also love, before we just move on, I love Chris loving, Chris Traeger loving the gotcha dancers. Oh. And loving the gotcha theme song on Joan's show. And it's small. Bouncing along to it. Yes, like it's just his favorite tune in the world. Like why, he's, he's as if, why have I never heard this song before? <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's so brilliant about Chris Traeger. He can love and hate something at the exact same time. Because, of course, yeah. he feels bad that there's a gotcha moment. Right. But, my God, look at those dancers. Yes, that yes. That song is very bouncy. And he starts singing and along, like, and oh. Tom sings along with and so, him. And, and there's Andy. You know, yes, the head is yes, bouncing. Yes. It's oh, it's why there's so much to love about this damn show. Um, so, about this damn show is 
Jim O'Hare likes to say. <laughs> In our synopsis, we should talk about what happens next. Leslie shows her short-form birth certificate to her campaign advisors, but they tell her she needs to produce her original long-form one. That may ring a bell with our Barack Obama inspiration. And Le- these big campaign advisors in Pawnee. I love yeah, it. it's great. It's a town of, I don't know how many, but they have not just campaign advisors. They do snap polls. Yes. I mean, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so Leslie travels to Eagleton. Ooh. The hated. Oh, I just got a cold shudder. Ooh. You should get that looked at. Um, yeah. Pawnee's hated rival town mm-hmm. to retrieve it and finds, to her horror, uh, that she was actually born in Eagleton. And at lunch. Nothing could be worse. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You just had to jump in. No, no, no. Not about lunch being worse. You say nothing could be worse <laughs> than Leslie. For Leslie, yes. it, it is the ultimate. I mean, you were, you made a great point. If it had been a library in Eagleton, oh. she would just be like, that's it. I've lived I'm a done. good life. I'm done. Yes. You know, tell the world my story. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. Well, at lunch, back to Tom and Ben with Joan, and I think perhaps our favorite blooper. I think we're going to agree on this. Yes. Joan is trashed. And tries to sleep with both Tom and Ben, but she's out of control and they have to throw her, literally throw her into her bed at home. We talked about it. We'll come back to Leslie in a second, but let's yeah. talk about this great there, Mo there's Collins. There's so many great moments about Adam it. Scott, and also Aziz. An Aziz Tom thing that to me is so important. Yeah. So this, they're at lunch. She's being incredibly inappropriate. Tom is realizing. It's time to put up or shut up, and he does not want to put up because she's a mess, and he's a, you know. Because generally, you would think his type of character, hell, I'll screw anybody. I don't care if I, I have the opportunity. He is afraid of this woman. Right. And I would be terrified of a Joan Calabezzo. <laughs> I mean, just Jim O'Hare would be like, so like, uh, this is scary. She's a lot. She's a whole lot. She's a lot. And her performance. What I want to see, though, and I don't know that I'll ever get to, I want to see an unblurred version of when she describes exactly what she wants to do oh, to yeah. Ben and yes. Tom. Because I'm guessing, knowing Mo, she went for it. That's so funny you say that, Jim, because in, in watching the episode for our conversation today, I was also, I was trying to see, did we write? No, there was obviously nothing written there in <laughs> yeah. script, but it goes on for some time. Yeah. Oh, and knowing she's... Mo, knowing the comedian she is, she probably went for something crazy. She didn't just say gobbledygook no, to blur she, over. No, no, not the Mo Collins I know. We did a movie together once, a uh, an indie, after Parks, and we got to the point, we we thought we were ruining the movie. We couldn't stop laughing. We, we couldn't, it was awful, to yeah. the point where we thought, we got to get this under control because these people, have, there's money involved and there's, it, it every was. Every laugh is money. Every laugh is money. Yeah. So I guarantee, because <laughs> Mo is, I think Mo is like me. And uh, I would love to see what she came oh my up God. with. Because I'm sure it was well, crazy. We, what everybody needs to do, if you haven't already seen this, <laughs> when Joan says that she's going to go off and powder her oh. nose, amongst other things, you get one of the all-time great bloopers from the series. Um, That's what I told you earlier. Part of me wants to say, turn this off and go watch it now, but don't do that. Finish this no, podcast. Pause it. Oh, you could pause. You could pause. pause. Come back yes. if you want. And you know what? I'm getting a hard... Don't even pause. Don't even pause. Come, we want to build up such anticipation <laughs> that the moment the podcast ends, you need to you go watch this. You have to go there this. and do this right we're when gonna it set, ends. Let me set the stage for one go second. For it. Go for um, it. After she says that, um, Ben says, is she going to go uh, powder her vagina? <laughs> go look on YouTube, whatever. 
be prepared to see Adam and Aziz break over and over and over again. And I watch it sometimes. It pops up on the and I crack up. I giggle like a little kid. It makes me laugh so much. Um, I also love watching people who are generally better at not breaking. I think Adam was quite good at holding. Him breaking, him breaking, Aziz. It was a very, and very I special comedy I don't know exactly scene. what happened, but the, first, I have certain bloopers of different shows that I go to when I'm in like in a mood to just cheer myself up or whatever. This is one of them. There's many for Parks, just because a lot of them just brings back such wonderful memories. But there's some office bloopers that, of course, are go to. Mm. There's some, my God, there's there's a blooper from. This is so random, but there's a blooper from um, Mad TV with a pig. <laughs> Pissing and shitting that I, I lose it. I, I literally, it, 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 Bobby Lee is playing oh, Connie yes, Chung yes. and I lose it <laughs> totally, just terrible. Um, but anyway, this one, the way that there's something about the way Adam says vagina. Yes, yes. Is it just me or so no, you I'm get with, that too? Well, because it's his affectations, the way he's like, because he has that incredulous, like, really? Is that happening? Did I, I hear that right? Powder vagina. I, yeah, I can't even pretend because to do it. One of the great, you know, Jerry has odd G's a lot. As right, like, Adam exactly. has like a dear Lord. Right, like, yes, like, yes, it's yes. That, that, that observation about like, am I witnessing the world the way it's actually, is this reality? Right. And that reaction he has, like, is, he can, is she going to go powder her vagina? Oh, vagina. <laughs> Just, oh. And like, who comes up with that line? Like, who, how did, were you there when that, when someone came and said, yes, that's the line? I think so. Well, we're, I think we're all there. It, it, it's one of those moments that cracks all of us up. Andy as Burt Macklin is trying to save the day in the Eagleton Hall of Records office by jumping over oh. the front desk to go get Leslie's birth certificate because uh, the person there wouldn't give it uh, to to them. It takes time to get the birth certificate, as we saw. Um, and one, I love that he doesn't realize how to spell Leslie's last name oh, at the last second. So brilliant, um, but. Earlier, there's a moment where as he jumps over the desk, he knocks over and breaks a computer. That was actually an accident. Uh, it wasn't supposed to happen. And the look of shock on Amy's face was real. <laughs> and they decided to use that take. And beyond that, Jim, I don't know if you knew, remember this blooper, but there's another great moment where he throws the, uh, the briefcase back and it goes so far, it hits the light switch on the other end of the, uh, of the room. It turns the lights off but it shatters the light switch too. Crushes it. Crushes it. They broke something in a real place. Total reset. And even Rob, Rob was in the scene. And Rob mentions like, well, that's going to take a while. That's ruined. He said, you shattered it. You shattered it. You shattered it. It was totally shattered. Yeah. Well, anytime Burt Macklin is around, I'm in. Yes. I'm in. Uh, I want to jump back real quickly to the Tom thing, just because I hope this is okay. Um, What really struck me, and again, I'm watching these again because I haven't seen them forever. Tom, who is this bravado and, you know, this and he's this and he's blah, blah, blah. He was truly concerned about her safety. That's a great point. Yeah. I love that. Like truly concerned. He says, to me, we got to get her home. Like yeah. we got to, she's got to be okay. And even they get her in the bed, which is, you know, mayhem, but they finally get her there. And of course, Tom has to check out the, the, the <laughs> count on the sheets. I yeah, mean, just because yeah. that's Tom, of course. Um, but they finally leave and he yells to her, oh, there's, there's water and aspirin on the table. Yeah. I love, I think that's a really important mm. thing that we learned of who Tom really is. Yeah. Because in moments of panic, and this was moments of panic, this woman has just said these things to them and she has gone off to powder her vagina. Yes. And so it is crazy. He's terrified he might have to sleep with her because he's all talk. And 
ultimately, he's concerned for her safety. Yeah. That that gave me the warms. That, that gave me the feels. That's a Parks and Rec, I think, truism, right? Yes. We can be as crazy, but we're they're, they're all good people. Yeah. Even, you know, tough Ron and April. Of there, course. There's... Everybody has that good and bad in them, that sweetness, and that. And Tom shows that. I love that. This is a great point to call out. Love that. So once Leslie finds out uh, uh, that she was from Eagleton, to her shock and horror, she goes uh, to her mother, to uh, Pamela Reed, to Marlene Marlene Griggs Nope, um, to confirm. Uh, And not only, uh, uh, sorry, we find out, I I want to call this out because it cracks me up. Um, not only was she born in Eagleton, but she was born in Eagleton because Pawnee's Hospital <laughs> was overrun with raccoons of at the time. Of course, it was. Yes, yeah, I, I bring. I, I, I'm going to bring up. A, I've been. I had to unfortunately go to the hospital recently for a health thing, and I bring it up. Oh, not, here we go, Rob. Get ready. Sit back. Not, <clears throat> I read it. I, re, I say that not dun, for dun, the texts dun. and the tweets and the things and the gifts, but I bring yeah. it up to say that, like, the fact that. I mean, Pawnee, Pawnee has births happening, right? People get born in Pawnee yeah. in a hospital. There are actual doctors and an actual nurse. They take care of real, there must be emergencies at the Pawnee hospital. And this is the same place that a person just very casually says, you know, it happened to be run over with, <laughs> with raccoons. This was. It's yeah. so funny to picture, like, if I was having some kind of surgery, even if it was, you know, whatever, as a casual, you to know that maybe raccoons on the third floor <laughs> kind of is disturbing. And the way she it's casual, like saying, "Oh, there was a you know a pandemic of whatever." No, we just run over with raccoons. We couldn't couldn't give you birth there. Yeah. And she just accepts that. Yep. I mean, she's horrified by it, not because of the raccoons, just the fact that she didn't give birth in Pawnee. Um, we're gonna jump. We're talking about. So we'll jump back in synopsis a second. But since this we're in the scene, let's just talk about one Pamela Reed. Continues to be awesome as as Marlene. Um, I always wondered. I thought we would see more of her between in, you and I. In the show? Who's is listening. In the show. Well, I think I think she did three or four episodes. Would that be my guess? I think, she, I think she did more, but I think one of the things is that you want to use guest stars, but specifically characters' parents, strong characters' parents, yeah. sparingly, because Leslie's such a strong, um, fierce, independent character, and she's a different person when her mom's around. Yeah, right. True, and that was the true. nature of that relationship. So Look it at changed. Writers Leslie. thinking about all that. I'm we just happen, an idiot. I just... We happen to think sometimes, Jim. Well, um, well, it's like when you see Aubrey's parents, sir. Exactly. Right. If you, yeah. she, she, it, it makes you think of that character in a quite different way. So why, why? And Ben's parents, which is another episode. Right. But my God, that's a whole. Oh yeah. Isn't that a Greg Levine episode? I did write that episode. Well. You know, we have really we have a Wait, season until so we sorry. get there. Synopsis. <laughs> Synopsis. Salty, what are you doing to us? Come on. Um, so Anne, remember Anne? Anne, yes, the beautiful um well, there's a million terms for beautiful her. swan seductress or whatever exactly. Leslie says this time. Yes. Anne finally gets Ron and April to open up because they've been playing hard to get mm-hmm. um, uh, by telling them gross medical stories about uh, her job at the hospital. So great. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it's great. She says some line about, like, everybody loves a gross medical story. Yeah. I don't know if everybody does, but clearly she knew these people would totally respond to this. Um, and I, uh, there's a great little... I think she's right, though. Do you think everybody likes a gross medical I, story? I can't say everybody. That's a generalization. But I think a lot of us. I'm in. You are. I'm in. So Ron is 
says that he was on to Anne's kind of like underlying motives and he, you know, to get chummy with with them. And so he purposely calls her by the wrong name. Starts to keep her at bay. I love that. Such a great little Was thing there ever he does. any in the writer's room? Was there ever any talk of Ron pursuing Anne? Because think about it, here, he was single. She was single. No, I mean, I don't see them together. That's all under, we need. And, well, you know, when in a writer's no, no, room, yeah, you know, you right. guys are coming up, you got to come up. Was, was there ever any talk of them as a potential? I don't think so. I don't think we ever pitched on Ron and Anne together. We, we've we talked before. There was a moment where Greg Daniels, as a way just to see what would happen in conversation, pitched that Ron and Leslie kiss. And the reaction of the writer's room was like, oh my God, no, that can't happen. And, you know, Greg, what I love about him is that he'll... In rooms, he'll pitch things that he either knows aren't aren't going to bear out of something, or maybe thinks it's just like one of those interesting who knows, yeah. just to get a reaction. But the more you think about a weird idea like that, the more stories it sparks in you. The more you change your character, you can take them in new directions. Yeah. Maybe we should have put in. No, he I'm likes, telling he you, likes, he likes dark, you know, haired brunette or whatever. But I am with the rest of the writers. When you said they were like, oh no, no, no. I, the thought of them kissing, yeah, it really jeeves me. Like, no, no, no. I, I, that'd be like my brother and sister, which there was an instance in there high was. school. But anyway, that, and again, that's that's between my family. It's no one's business. Well, um, uh, the business we should get to is the end of our episode, our synopsis. Um, Leslie is extremely depressed about not being a true Pawnian. Um, and Chris supports Leslie and encourages her to tell the truth on Joan's show as it only matters where she's from. Um, Joan eventually allows the book in her book club and also slaps a gotcha sticker on the back just for good measure. The next day, Jerry returns to the <laughs> office yes. empty-handed after driving all around the entire state looking for incorrect facts. Actually, he's not really empty-handed. He actually has a lot of good information, which is, and Absolutely. he's quite proud to say, I have... I've talked to all these people. I've tracked all this down. There's been, there are no factual inaccuracies. Um, and he says, I'm going to go back out there unless there's anything you need me to know. And at this point, the story has wrapped. <laughs> Everything's fine. And what happens? She says, nope, you're all good. And Jerry seems so happy. He's like, you got it, boss. He just <laughs> marches out. And there's that great moment. Do you remember, do you remember this in the episode where, um, where Leslie and Donna look at each other and Leslie says like something like, he just seems so happy. (laughs) And Donna is so good here. And she's like, I didn't say anything. Yeah, perfect. Were you happy, Jim? Did you like doing storylines where you were on the team, so to speak, rather than being the bottom of the team? I love when I'm on the team. like to be more in front of the camera, too. But uh, (laughs) love being on the team. Uh, But one of my also favorite moments of that at the very end when I leave, and it was just an improv that somehow made it, it was so silly, but... You know, I, I I say to to Leslie, okay, I'm going to go back out there. I'm going to go home, shower. I miss my daughter's birthday. Like, and yes. you know, for Jerry, imagine missing his daughter's birthday. Right. It was family, 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 family. Right. right. But Leslie was in a bind, and Jerry could always be counted on. Whether he goofed things up or not, that's another story. But he would always certainly be there. Right. When people were in a bind, but so. He's going to take off, and he goes, and he looks over at Don, and he goes, sorry, Don, I can't talk now. As if she had any yeah. <laughs> interest yes. in talking to me anyway. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That caught me, and I loved it. 
you know, gifts, parties, jobs, let's call it out. We have a waffle party. Oh, that I wasn't there for. I know. I'm sorry. You must be so hungry. Because Um, I'll tell you, they brought in great food. When it was time to eat on that set, mm. they always brought in good stuff. Good. Really, really good stuff. Good. It was Gay's job. Was Gay the one who— It was—I think it was Gay Gay Perillo. Yeah, and Julie and Tom. Oh, my gosh. So good. Yeah, I I was disappointed I missed that. Sorry. But but everybody else got it. They got a Literally everyone else got it. And there's that sweet moment— um, where Lon and uh, Lon and Le- and Resley, Lon, is uh, there a doctor here? Yeah. Where's Anne when you need her? <laughs> no burning hair. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's that great moment between Leslie and Ron cheersing with syrup. Yeah. Which is so great. It's the perfect cheers. And also a sweet moment where was it Anne who poured the syrup on Ron's waffle? Oh yes, yes. Like, okay, because even though I have my little he's, victories, he's right? giving her yes, it's these little victories. He's yeah. still not gonna. You know, Ron is going to have his distance. Um, But yeah, I I love that moment too. This is one of those episodes where, you know, Leslie, it's, there were a lot of Parks episodes where Leslie's in a bind. There's a problem. Someone says something to her when she goes for advice, whether it be Anne to Andy to Ron. Someone says something that inspires them. Ah, I know the fix. Mm-hmm. Right? She's done that before um, with the Harvest Festival. She's done. She has that thing, and she saves the day with her ingenuity. Uh, um, but this is one where she just had to deal with it. Right, she had to learn a lesson, and in a season that's about her running for office, where we do episodes like this that are about the campaign, mm-hmm. and we did an episode before, which was the Ron and, and Tammy story, which really wasn't about the campaign because we didn't want to overdo it right. and make twenty-two episodes purely about. The, we weren't the West Wing, we weren't Spin City. Yeah, um, she had to. She learned a fact, and she had to deliver a, a truism that. You know, she says, this is where you're, I'm from Pawnee. Like, I know about you, guy behind the camera. We went to school together. I I broke, I injured myself on on this spot. I am this place where I'm from. I think it's such a great um, point. And it's the right lesson to an episode, which is, you are not who you are. Where right. is your birth certificate? It's like, you're looking for a fact about me that's actually not true. Yeah. I love that about this. And that it you could have a, you could have a lesson in a 21-minute comedy series. It's a huge lesson. I always say I am, you know, I've lived in L.A. now. It'll be going on 30 years. I moved from Chicago when I was 32. Yeah, do the math, people. Anyway. Um, Let me just carry the just two. Just carry the two and then divide that by six. Yeah. But um, Chicago is still home to me. Mm. That's my home. Mm. That's where I'm from. And Leslie is from Pawnee. There is yes. no one more yes. Pawnee. Jim. Yes. Episode MVP, our most valuable Pawnean. Who is it for you? You can't say yourself, my man. Well, then I have to, yeah, it can't be me. I'm sorry. And I love her. So I have to give it to Mo Collins. Don't kill him. I'm with you. I'm with you. I just can't. And there's so many great, again, I I really, I really feel that the Aziz Tom stuff was so important character-wise. It really struck me in my heart. So that was important. So many important moments. But Joan Calamezzo and what Mo did with that, yes. MVP. Yes, she she had a great scene, two scenes with with Aziz and, and Adam. She had a great scenes with Amy. Um, she was everywhere in this one. This and was as an actress. You have to f- watch her, her go through, even when she comes back after the you know when they after she's had the night out with and she's hungover and everything. 
she just plays everything. I don't know. I, I could. Yeah. I could. She delivers that line. I had some bad seafood, which is what everybody <laughs> says when they've had exactly. a bad night of drinking. Yeah. But just her. I don't know. There's something, you know, when this was all over and I don't know if this is a secret or not, but Amy actually was trying to get, do a pilot with uh, Mo because Mo is just so damn talented. Yeah. And so, yes, she is my MVP. Um, well, listeners at home or wherever you are listening to us, let us know who your MVP is by tweeting at Team Coco Podcast or by using the hashtag, hashtag Parks and Recollection. Do you want to go to the town hall? This is such a great Joan Calamezzo episode, Jim. And what's so exciting is that sitting across from us right now <laughs> is Mo Collins, the Joan Calamezzo. Hi, hi, Mo. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's, it's electric in the room. Yeah, yeah. yeah Absolutely yeah. electric. Yeah. The way he said that, I'm not sure. Are you accusing me of, being, of something, of like yeah. being high, or are you saying hello? I just. Yeah, it was I guess I wasn't sure how I wanted to take this. Yeah. Like, is that all? Hello and goodbye, and that's it? Or are we going to have be. a conversation? How do you want to play be. this? I can leave right now. Okay, you want know to let me save this whole damn Thank episode. You. Thank you, Jim. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mo Collins is here. And even though it kills me to say it because it just hurts me, I love this woman to death. She is so, so talented. And for the huge Parks fans, you don't need me to tell you that. Um, to me, and I'm going to just say this, I've probably said it to her. Um, in private. In private, in those special <laughs> moments. Um, no, corners. I think Mo is, uh, again, my opinion on things, there's certain actresses who, for me, are along the Carol Burnett's. And you're oh. one of them. Uh, uh, Wendy Malick, I think, is is pretty amazing. Mm, anyway, Carol Burnett. Carol Burnett herself. No, but I think you are. <laughs> I, I think you're above and beyond uh, the the average wonderful actor out there. I just do. Thank and you, Jim. I so wish opinion. I could return the compliment. I know, I know um, she does. She means that, yeah, you guys. She really problem. does. But she thinks very little of me. Yeah. And so because you are of the that, nicest <laughs> asshole, as I call you. <laughs> Uh, but truly, thank you for that compliment. And by the way, the Carol Burnett reference is the has always been for and you me. Are, she, she is my goat. And, and, uh, and you know, I got to meet no, her. No, I haven't met her. You know. There you go. Everyone but me. Everyone but me has met her. Yes. And she, we talked about you the whole time. And she yeah. said, oh, I don't think she's nearly as talented as me. And, and I said, I well, you're right, Carol. And yeah. 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 No. I, I thought I was going to meet her one time. In fact, she was possibly going to guest on Parks and Rec and be on Pawnee Today. And I found out and I was actually in a car ride in New York City. And I had to put my head between my knees like a Holy Beatles Fan moment, <laughs> and it turned. I never and, heard yeah, that. I just started crying. Oh and, my gosh! Oh yeah, I had a huge uh, reaction. Then it didn't happen. Yeah, because the Lord hath spoken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, <Yeah. laughs> not today, spited. Jesus. Not I, today. Sp what is it? Spite? Sp spate? Spite? You were um, smote. 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 You smote? Got, yeah. I was smited. Smited. smited and smoted. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, when I met her, I will tell you, I didn't know she was going to be on the set that I showed up to. Oh. It was a big secret. And when they told me, the director called me over and said, Jim, do you know who's here today? And I said, I don't know. Like I had seen the call sheet and it was, you know, Odenkirk and basic names that I knew. 
I said, no, I, I guess not. And she goes, look over there. God and there was mm. Carol Burnett. And mm. according to her, because mm. the moment mm. kind of flashed, mm. my eyes kind of watered over and oh. I stepped away. Like I, I needed a moment because it was Carol Burnett. Yeah. And then she goes, do you want to meet her? Yeah. So she takes me over. And, you know, the scary thing, be careful oh. when you meet your heroes. She was everything you would have wanted. She was lovely and telling me stories about yeah. Clark Gable and the party she was at. It was incredible. So then I go to do some ADR, which is uh, when you do some voiceover work over an episode you've already shot. You know, months later in L.A., because this was in New, uh, New Mexico, I think. Oh. And uh, she was after me and she we bump into it and she goes, well, hello, Jim. And I was like, mm. she remembered my name. Wow. And for all I know, she saw a call sheet. I don't think so. I didn't see a call sheet that day. But anyway, it meant the world to me. So, so yes. Yeah, she's, she's Carol Burnett. Let's get her in. Let's get her. You know what? Can we get rid of Mo, please? Yeah. Is Carol here? I'll just wait and see her in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, I'll greet her. Anyway, and I know, I've pro- I think I told this story. Actually, uh, Mo and I, I, we were pretty sure we ruined somebody's production once because we couldn't stop laughing. Oh, my God, Jim. It was terrible. Wow. That was one of the biggest. I, yeah, that I, was one of the worst. I've. <laughs> <laughs> we that was one of the worst. Stop can, no. can you give us a little more details around that? It was a short film kind of thing. It was a short and. It was lovely. It, it was, was supposed uh, to be serious, very, which is always when it's around. A, that's the problem. Don't yeah. put us in serious together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we were, <laughs> and there was a line about every time an angel something. And, oh, and Mo, oh, that's right. Mo improvised every time an angel farts, someone gets his wings. Anyway, whatever it was, <laughs> we were gone. We were gone. And I'm pretty sure we ruined the production. We couldn't come back. We couldn't come back. Legally. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I still have the papers. Anyway, okay. But we, we're so lucky. We're so lucky. I hope, I hope there's a lot of laughter today between the two of you. <laughs> and maybe maybe you'd be lucky enough to make me laugh. Who who knows? Wow, wow. you're yes. a real buzzkill. Isn't he? But we're Boy, so, bring, bring it down, Greg. Bring it down. <laughs> we're so <laughs> fortunate to have you here with us. Mo, you were in 19 episodes of Parks and Recreation. Yeah. Did you realize in 19? I know. Yeah, that's a lot. I actually thought it was 20, but yeah. Oh, well. Oh, uh, we go. cut you out. No, I think one no. of them is a two-parter. No. I, actually, oh. I just so, like to round things off because I'm shitty with math. But yeah, <laughs> 19. What do you remember of the casting process? What do you remember about joining oh. Parks and Rec? Oh, absolutely remember the the casting of it. Um, they, you know, they wanted this uh, newscastery cable access lady, not really good, very green. So I really tried to just play it as real as possible because, you know, what do they call it? Single camera was fairly new then. Mm. So that whole style coming away from sitcom and everything, it was like, dial it, just dial it way, way down. And I just, you know, just did my, I just did very real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, we see where it went from yeah, there. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. Truly, very grounded, very I, grounded. I actually really do enjoy going back and seeing the evolution of Joan. And when you do go back, and and I still, regardless of how extreme, let's just say, that Joan became, how outlandish, I always, every single time I would do an episode, I really did try to remember that very first episode. And some of the things that I was telling myself about not being very, very slick mm. with the speaking mm-hmm. when it comes to actually doing her show, just to, you know, kind of skip up a little bit <laughs> while still 
you know, trying to be professional. <laughs> just making it, a, having a, a bit of that awkward in there. Mm. Uh, but I, I totally remember the audition. Tiny room. Was it? Was it with Naked the boys? The was, well, that's what? A, <laughs> well, she, just for the record, she is now also yeah. naked uh, yeah. from the bottom. It becomes me. Yeah. Um, did, well, who was in the room? Were the boys in the room? Was it Mike oh, no, and Greg? No, this is, just no, Allison? Just, like, just um, casting. Yeah, mm, it was just, casting. you know, in and out as yeah. it is. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to showbiz. But once you joined the show, I feel like your character and you made this indelible mark in Especially once you and Amy would be in a scene together. I think that there was a special think, energy between I the two of you. I think this is what happened, and I'm grateful for it, um, as I am with any job that has me do this, is I I keep going until they yell cut, you know? And it's uh, improv is my BFF. And I think from there, you know, part of it was just Mo Collins playing on set, mm. but stuff comes out and they start to see just potential of of writing. And I, I I feel like that is where the writer sort of went, she's game, mm-hmm. right? Like she's a player, she's game. Yes. And I do that on any job I go to, whether they want me to or not. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but if they're smart, they yes. see that. They do. And they know to let it ride. But look, one time I specifically remember Amy Poehler saying, Mo's here, just keep the camera rolling. Mm. Oh, now, is there a better so, compliment than yeah, that? Yeah. No, there's not. Wow. And it's also like woman to woman. Yeah. Mm. It, it's um, such a beautiful thing to have a contemporary, you know, be so supportive. It's why Parks and Rec was so great. The captain of the ship had no ego. Exactly, mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, so that gave me a lot of confidence being a guest there. You know, it was, I'd always felt like sort of a cousin to the family. Right. Which was really fun. Because I they had an expectation when I would show up that I would maybe deliver some extra treats. Mm-hmm. I think people like Mo, I think people like uh, Ben Schwartz, mm. they just knew, okay, we have our script. Mm-hmm. And we have a base. Let them do their thing. And there were others, too. Let's get the plot out we need. Let's get the base done, but then have fun. And then to let them do what they do and look what they do. I mean, Joan Calamezzo is It's mining for gold. It's, you know, Parks and Rec, the script already was gold. Yeah. But on any comedy, what you do want to do is mine for more gold while you're you're there. And that's why you get funny people to do comedy. Yeah. I still maintain that. Funny people. <laughs> okay, let me write this down one second. Comedy. Funny, funny people. people you, it's great comedy. when funny people. I'm going to okay, put that in that. pencil, not pen. I'm not sure You're that not I sure believe it. So it. I'm, gonna, I'm not yeah. going to make it well, solid. Parks and Rec, I think our set was famous for fun runs, where after we've recorded the scene that we need, then we do a fun run. And just for the actors just to have fun, to improv as, as much as you want, as long as you get a general sense of the scene as needed. Yep. Still have fun because you never know what gold would come. And I feel like when you were on set, especially when you'd be with Amy as well, both people with huge improv backgrounds, yeah. there must have been this element of the fun run is happening throughout. You know that each of you trust each other, right? It's to the get, trust. It yeah. is. Totally. It, it's the trust, you know, and I obviously know they're good for it. We cut, we're cut from the same cloth. Mm. Yeah. Um, and what you said, which is so 100% on, Amy Poehler has no ego. Right. She wants what's best for the show. Yeah. And so she knew who you, she knows what you do. She knows what you bring. And yeah. so for her, let her go. Let her go. And it's beyond that. It's the support goes to where Amy actually wanted me to shine. Mm-hmm. She yes. didn't want me to just do well for her show. She wanted me to shine. She wanted to shine a light on me. 
Mm. You know, and that's what really good people do. Yes. You know, is is you you shine a light. You know, that's why you want your own light to shine because that light is shining onto somebody else. Mm. And that's what Amy is really good at. And so am I. Yeah. It's just a beautiful 100%. It keeps coming out, but I, it's just you're saying exactly how I feel. Yeah. That's how Amy was for seven seasons. Yeah. It was never about Amy. Uh, and that, you know, as Mo and I, we have been on a lot of shows over the years. We've seen a lot of things over the years. Yeah. And a lot of times your leads are what they are and yep. funny goes to them and you can lose funny because it's going to go to the lead. That was never the case never. on Parks. Not never. not with Amy. Not, not with anybody on Parks. But I just, I, I love that you saw that too. I just. Oh, absolutely. And you know, Amy's but one of your that- biggest fans. And I'm one of hers too, yeah. because it's, you know, like I say, it's like looking at people that, and watching her career. And now, granted, they went in different directions. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Um, Which, by the way, when you leave, make goes, sure you clean the table, Mo. Yeah. I just got to make sure you get all the stuff, all the garbage <gasps> out. But I do understand how she started and how I started. And I know what it all feels like. And and that was really keeping an eye on ensemble too. Like I come from Dudley Riggs Brave New Workshop in Minneapolis and it really was about ensemble, Mm. you know, uh, not about the individual. It's about what can the ensemble accomplish together and we make each other shine. Many interviews have asked me over the years, oh, would you love your own show? Like, you know, no, no, no. It is an ensemble. That, Always. the cheers. The, the, Carol Burnett. The Carol Burnett. That's the dream. And it, it and is. I had it for seven years because yeah. Parks was an ensemble. I I couldn't agree more. I just, yeah. it's all about the group effort and everyone supporting each other. Yeah. Um, and not every bit works, not everything, whatever. But you're all there for each other. And when it works, it, it can yeah. just explode. But it's not even such a bad thing to fail together. Sure, of course. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I go back to Mad TV days for that. You know, there were some things that failed and failed right in front of the audience and brilliant. Yeah. Mm. Brilliant. But when we fail like that, we're like, all right, let's do another take. And then the improv comes in and ensemble gathers together and boom, you've got gold. Mm. Like you just find stuff. Like the process of comedy is just, it's so good, isn't it? It's so good. The process of, like I just sunk in a little bit because it truly is like just pure chocolate. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's a treat. Chocolate is really good. Chocolate is yeah. good. And what, but when it, when it all comes together, that feeling is like no other. And it's, it's, it's yeah. you know, it's it's why people keep golfing. I know this is a crazy, I'm jumping off the, the bridge here. But, you know, you golf because you get that one good shot during the 18 holes that keeps you coming back. That's what comedy is. You get that one moment where you're like, oh, I do love that. Mm. It's yeah. a drug, I guess. I yeah. think it might it's be a, a bit of a drug. Yeah. And you need to... You are constantly searching for that. And if you're yeah. lucky, you end up with a group of people. You get it a lot. I know. A whole lot. It's the luckiest place to be. You, I think, had two iconic uh, scene partners in Parks and Rec. We, we've talked about Amy, but you also had a lot with Tom Haverford, yeah. with Aziz. And they were totally different energies, totally different yes. comedy games. Yeah. Talk about that and the evolution of that. Because we're going to get into that a bit when we talk about this episode. Talk about it that comedy games you'd have with Tom, was it, how, how did it uh, delight you and how did you um, you come to find it? Well, for one thing, he's a stand-up. So it's, there's a bit of a different game in there and I've done some stand-up so I kind of understand you're playing a little faster, harder mm-hmm. with, with the stand-up 
I find, but I, I like that game too. Mm. And I mean, his character was just plain silly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So it just allowed Joan to go. It, it just becomes like a silly contest then. And I'll be goddamned, I'm Irish and I want to win. He's not going to lose that contest, yeah. <laughs> you know, so uh, that's where that goes. Yeah, yeah, you know, there yeah. is a little bit of that. It, it's like when you go and do a stand-up gig, stand-ups are kind of trying to one-up or something just mm. in the conversation. And maybe, maybe, I don't, I don't know that I was aware of that at the time, but maybe, maybe that's yeah. partly why. But I think it just sort of, I don't know. It yeah, just, yeah. It, it's a natural evolution for me to go go to the crazy places. Well, I also think about that. <laughs> well, that, that, that I love that. I don't know. Yeah. I, lo- I enjoy it. It's, I, I have a lot of fun taking it as crazy. I like, I like the edge and I like going over the edge. You don't know where the edge is until you go over it. Mm. That's how you find the edge. And that edge, either you're finding it like with your, your writer's group right. perhaps or a live audience. It's a little different when you have a single cam, except then there's the editing bay to take care of it if you have gone over the edge. Right. But you go over the edge. That's that's the only way in my book to know where the edge is. Mm-mm-mm. So awesome. And it's our job <laughs> as awesome. comedians. It is awesome. But I, I awesome. think it's our job as comedians. Like yeah. I, I actually think that's just part of our job is to to go over the edge to know where the edge is. It's a it's a death defying yeah. <laughs> uh, profession. Coming back to those scenes then with Tom, yeah. I mean, for me, I think about how with your scenes with Amy were so much more plot specific too, right? Yeah. You're de- dealing with the main character, you're dealing with the A story. So there's stuff you need to get across too. Yes. But with Tom's character, it's a lot of fluff, right? It's cotton candy. It's totally. the fun, sweet stuff. And so you can push it in a direction without worrying so much about that edge because you're never going to worry about losing the plot as much, right? You're not going to lose the yeah. the, de- the the details here. Well, it just becomes more behavioral mm. comedy, right? Like, and just silly. Like it just, it got to go silly because it was about attraction or feigning attraction. Right. What You know, it's flirtation, that God knows that can go everywhere, you know. But yeah, with with uh, the Leslie Nope character, there is much more confinement mm. just in terms of the job yeah. to be done there. Well, like Greg said, it's true. It's the A story. Yeah. Certain things have got to get across. Right. Uh, but when you're playing with Aziz, you, you can play. Not that you didn't play with Amy, too. I'm just yeah. saying it's a, the energy is different. The energy was different. Yeah, I mean, when you're in the restaurant and, you know, you're doing karaoke or whatever, dancing, it's like that just goes... You know, that's un- un- unleash Mo Collins. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just unleash her, and I really did feel drunk uh, midway through shooting that. Actually, <laughs> well, spe- well, then speaking of but the, you, end, you, you have a terrible alcohol. Oh, are we still on? Uh, Is this? I'm sorry, are we still recording? Yeah. We haven't oh, had your mic on for a long thanks time. <laughs> Do you have a napkin? I need to get this gin off my chin. Um, well, speaking of the edge, yes. In oh. this episode, in Born and Raised, yeah. When you got your script. Yeah. And you see that Joan Calamezzo, we're going to go to her home and we're going to see some nude um, boudoir photos, paintings. When you read this, are you like, this is great. Of course she has these. Do you read this and like, oh, this is the direction we're going? When you get that moment, what what was that like? Oh, I love moments like that. Yes, of course. That was all about me and my character. Why didn't I like it? Like, <laughs> me, yeah, me, 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 me. Oh my gosh, I'm going, yeah. ah, you know. Um, of course, it's Parks and Rec and they're going to build my character a, a 
boudoir. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do this for me. There will me. be paintings of me. Yay. Yes. Which, by and the what, way, what happened to those? They're in my garage. Okay. So you did get them. You guys. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> the when the show was done and, you know, they're clearing everything out, they called and I said. You they, mean when the, when the when series the, when is the, done? The series is done. Yeah. They called and they said, hey, do you want one? And I, I was like, yeah, I'll take one. You have a specific? No, I don't care. I'll take one. A truck shows, a truck shows up to my house in, you know, North Hollywood. Yeah, her address is one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. go ahead. A truck. Yeah. And these these things come loading out and they're not covered. And like, my, my neighbors don't really know me mm. as, you know, a TV yes. person. But they're, they're, it's like, oh my God, did my neighbors think that, Wow, our neighbor. Yeah. She's really she's, into herself. She's into herself. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they're they're in my garage, which is my art studio, and I only have one up. But um, I did. When was it? I think. Oh, for my fiftieth birthday, I put them all up around my house for my party. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. And also, for the record, she is an amazing artist. Mm. Oh, that's Mo, sweet. With, Thanks. With, uh, would you, what is it? Watercolor. What do you use? What is your main blood? blood. No, yes, um, yes, yes, yes. The blood of all the, the first, actresses yeah, she yeah. has yeah. shit on over the years. It's today's yes. first kill. Uh, <laughs> no, I. Uh, yeah, I. I oil acrylic. Acrylic. Yeah, she's yeah. does wonderful work. Mm. Yeah. Thanks. You guys like each other. I could just uh, tell. Very much. Mo, tell, even though I think you've already said it, tell them what you call me. The nicest asshole. Isn't that sweet? She calls me the nicest asshole. And was that based on Just like, because everybody knows him as, oh, Jim O'Hare, he's so nice. He's so nice. But come on. <laughs> come on. That, he's an asshole. Yeah. No, yeah. That sense of humor that, you know, it's right there. And I love it so much. That wit and it's dark. I've seen Oh, it's dark. It is dark. And I love it so much. And I love him so much. Oh, uh, um, we got to get rid of her friends. husband. That's the problem. That's her the problem. Husband's in oh, God. <laughs> Damn it. We're friends for life. I don't That's the life. Blood you like it with. or lump it. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. This actually makes me think of the fact that both of your characters, like Jim, Jerry is such a aw shucks, like sweet guy who gets shit on. <laughs> and and Joan is such a booze heavy and- Where are you going with well, that? Well, yeah, really? in your cup right now? <laughs> wow, no? where are you going wow. with this? I think you know where I'm this going. This is coffee with <laughs> almond milk. Okay, yeah. <laughs> fermented. Yeah, um, yeah. But they're both extreme characters and they have a specific take. Do people expect you to be like the character they've fallen in love with? I I do. I think that people think, and this is this is sad, and I'm going to try not to cry here, but oh. um, I think people think I'm a lot more fun than I actually am. Mm. Really? I never thought that. Yeah. You no, you're the asshole. worst. The worst. No, but like, I'm actually, <laughs> I, I am not You this, are fun. I'm fun, Jim, but I'm not... I'm not this, like, I don't go to a party and not I'm not, like, lampshade yeah, on my I, head. Exactly, yeah. I'm not, you know, You're just get one- me to the bar! <laughs> 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 like, I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that. I'm not that. I'm far more reserved. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess I get some of that. But Maybe you've done do. so much. Like, I will forever be known as Jerry Gergich. That is going to be, and believe me, I take that, it's an honor. I mm. certainly no negative yeah. about that I mean, on my gravestone. But thankfully, I've done things, way many things before Parks, many things after. Um, but you have done so many different things over the years. Like with Mad TV, you had 
hundreds of characters. Like, so yeah, you can't I, really be. No, I, and you know, they, I, to my grave, I'll be, you know, Lorraine. And well, George Lorraine mother. is a big one. Yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. a big one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, should we get to the greatest moment? This is, the episode is so amazing overall and Thanks. so many yeah. reasons. And so fun. The gotcha episode and, and so many great, but, but, oh. but. Oof. But the moment when you're having dinner or drinks or whatever you're having with Tom and Ben. Yes. And you are going to leave and yeah. go apparently powder your vagina. Right, I'm going to go powder yeah. my nose amongst other things. Amongst other things. Wow. And have you seen the outtakes? I mean, you were there for it, but have you seen the, the outtakes? There's, wait, there's outtakes? Of, 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 of Adam and Aziz. They can't get, because Adam has to say to him, She's pottering her yeah. vagina. Oh, wow. You got to go. I the mini- seen that. Every time that uh, that your character walks off, that you walk off, oh. you you leave it at, uh, on on Ben and uh, and Aziz and uh, uh, you know and Ben and Tom and Ben says, "Is she going to go powder her vagina?" Yeah, and they can't finish just that can't without get laughing. They just can't get through They're both. Well, it truly dying. was a ridiculous day. Like it really, it was. Just like snotty laughing fun. I, I it, it just was ridiculous. I had so much fun that day. So much fun. Like I say, I really did feel drunk. You mm, know, you play yeah. that and you get so into it that, and I got giddy. I couldn't stop laughing. I was laughing so hard it made my eyes real watery, which actually really helped. Mm, kind totally, of that, yes. That boozy kind of <laughs> thing going on. But um, and you, oh, even as laughed. you're walking away, you trip into something. Yeah, that was real. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that? yeah, that was yeah. real. <laughs> Wait, when you mean real, you planned it or real? You actually tripped. No, I actually tripped. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I did. I actually tripped. But again, like I say, I really felt loopy mm. from just all the dancing and being drunk, and then playing drunk at the table. And you know, you get up and yeah, I really, I really hit the table. Which, of course, we were already uh, cracking up. Yeah. Right. So it's just like that was a hilarious moment. Oh. And, and there must be so some kind fun. of must be some kind of uh, I don't know this this feeling of a win to to make others break to make oh, others the laugh. That just adds goodness to your life, years to your life, however you want to put it. But yeah. um, it's it's worth it for those breaks as long as they're authentic. It's, yeah. Those right. breaks are worth it because yeah. comedy should be fun. Yes. Yes. I maintain that comedy, comedy should be fun. Comedy there, should be fun. Yeah. If you're not having fun, how can you expect the people watching to have fun? Yes. Right. And uh, I will say this point. about parks, yeah. and uh, you'll hear me say this over the next how many episodes we're going to be doing. It starts at the top. So we had, you know, Mike Shore and Greg and and then, of course, Amy. But Amy's the one on set every day. And Amy Poehler walked on that set, and life is thrown at us every day and life isn't always happy-go-lucky and everything is wonderful. So Amy had shit going on in her life and we all have had different things, but she had a smile on her face when she walked on that set and it was love and laughter all day long. And I'm not saying shit didn't happen in trailers where you're upset about what's going on in your life. Right. But on that set, we're doing comedy. Yeah. So that's what we need to bring. And I've been on shows where people are yelling and you're like... Oh, How, this is not that, good. It makes me so mad. This isn't what we're here for. Yeah, I get real upset when I go to places that are like that, especially if I'm just guesting and I'm like, right. forgive me, but you motherfuckers have mm. a series regular contract. Yeah. You have the privilege of doing comedy. How 
fucking dare you. Mm-hmm. I'm bored with not you, baby. Preach it. A good time, not appreciate where you are right now, because that may not last. Exactly. You know, and and I just like it's such a joy. It's such a privilege to do comedy and especially to have a contract. I mean, yeah. I haven't had a contract doing comedy since Mad TV. Mm. Which makes no mm. sense. Nope. But you have had a contract doing a very scary role and fear the walking dead. <laughs> yes. But I was the comedy I was a, a comedy relief on that alone. Mm. Yes, you I know, mean, was, not all well, comedy. No, I mean, absolutely. Was, I mean I was There was some relief. There was there was some relief, but I'm just saying you to bring levity. Yeah, yeah like, but you're you also did some killing and some. I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Well, I wow. um, you wind up coming back. I think for if my count's right, about eleven more episodes from here. You were in eight or nine before this. Do you have of your time on Parks? Do you have that moment that sticks out? It's like if I were to tell the story, this is my favorite episode. This is my favorite storyline I did, or this is when I had the most fun. Two things come to mind. And uh, one of them is definitely this episode we're talking about, Born and Raised. And this is kind of a, a strange point to bring up, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. Uh, it's personal. Can so, we bring the lights down? <laughs> Just bring the lights down. Okay, go ahead, Mo. We're I good. was deep into my cancer story at the time. Mm. And one thing that I always, that I was sort of laughing about inside my head as they're carrying me into the bedroom is like, I just, in my head, I'm like, oh God, they're carrying me in my tumor load. Like just a, you know, Uh dark humor. I don't know. It was just something I liked how much I was playing, knowing that there's this other story that is happening in my life. Mm. And just like the freedom that going and doing that and, and just, it was just, Phenomenal. Mm. The other story I have that really sticks with me is... Was just to update the cancer story. She's oh, doing amazing. Yes, she is yes, clean and clear and all I'm is good. good. I'm here. Um, that was 2011, a long time ago. The other moment that just to this day still blows me away, and this is Dean Holland, your fabulous director. I love Dean. Uh, he's like my favorite director. I just love him. So the episode where the phone call in with uh, Ron, you know, with the... Um, oh, sure. And Joan had just come from a booze cruise. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> Dean just says, just just keep switching up your position. positions. Yeah. And, and this is just the improv <laughs> stuff. And, you know, this is, of course, where, okay, well... I'm going to keep going. Yeah. I keep yeah. going until it just goes into ridiculous. I'm planking. She, I think you yes, were the original yes. pl- planker. Yes. I really, I think you started you know, planking. Just like he, the camera was still rolling, Dean. It's like, still <laughs> and I had done all of the potential ones, right? And then it's like, oh, right, we're, let's keep going into my favorite place, this ridiculous beyond. And I'm, after we shot, I was like, wow, that was super fun. Got to go over that edge. Mm-hmm. What a great day. Then when that show aired and I saw what Dean did and he put the plank in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But somehow he did it so brilliantly yes, yes. that he just turned, he, he made it plausible mm-hmm. or something. Like it was just gorgeous, gorgeous editing, mm. comedy like that's what I just that was a perfect encapsulation of just my experience on the show of just like letting me go as far as I can go and then them taking and molding it into something even better you know like just yes. mm. just so great uh, just 
Such a great episode. And Nick was so good as your counterpart on that one because Ron Swanson in front of a camera, he doesn't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, it was. Well, these are. And the quietness of it, too. Of course, I always love that sort of awkward quietness of of comedy. And there was was that going on. It was just ridiculous, just soaking it up like a pancake with syrup. Yay. Well, those are two incredible Joan moments. I think a I think a good way to to kind of tie a bow at the end of this conversation that we wish could go on forever. forever. That when you have that marriage of great character um and the perfect person for it, where you can't picture a single other actor doing that role, that to me is the moment where you're like, this is this is the perfection of creation when you have that, especially on set, uh, on a show. We're so lucky to have you here. Thank you for coming and talking about Born and Raised, talking My about Parks and Rec with us. She's got a movie she's yeah. going to be shooting soon. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you know, I can't, you know me. I just love her so much and I love you so much. I love much. you so and much, my friend. We, and thanks we, for, for doing away with the restraining order know, that you have that. with yes, Janet. Just for wait. today. It'll be back yeah. this be evening. Back I won't be near. Uh, we love you. Thank you, thank you, thank thanks you. You, you are such a bright spot, just in, of course, in life in general, but to Parks and Rec, you're iconic. You are Joan Calamezzo. You are brilliant. Thank you, Mo. Text this episode to your group chat. Um, send a messenger pigeon to your friends afar. Thank you, everybody. This has been so much fun. Again, we're looking forward to doing a lot more and having a lot more laughs. So continue, and um, we'll see you in Pawnee. Goodbye. Bye-bye. This has been a Team Coco production. <laughs>